everyone <laughs> we have returned <laughs> welcome to passion fruits a passion project for passionate people in the year 2020 i am your fuji no <laughs> were you gonna I, say fuji apple i was that's exactly what i said i know at the end of last episodes <laughs> we can't talk we haven't introduced a ourselves. whole year ago i am your plum daniel oh and i'm your coffee bean Ooh. kid adam damn it yes no <laughs> or that... your coffee bean boy your cbb if you will comedy bang bang uh would coffee boy damn it would coffee bean kid would coffee be spelled with a k on that it and could it would be a backwards k it, <laughs> <laughs> like you're a five-year-old yes it could it definitely could i think that ha that has some true brand potential for us Daniel. yes totally yes. uh so yes welcome back to the podcast season two of passion fruits the podcast here we are as, as opposed to the movie <laughs> well which is coming out yeah. very soon daniel before we uh dive into things yes uh, what is a Passion Fruits podcast? Well, a Passion Fruits podcast is probably the most influential podcast of 2019. I'm sure everybody was reading those reports on the AV Club, on Stereo Gum. In the New York Times, we were listed as the most influential podcast. We of were a New York Times bestseller. Yes, we were. <laughs> and it was. And it was actually, the bestseller was just the article that the New York Times wrote about <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We won the Pulitzer Prize for podcasting. Well done, us. Um, but so, in all seriousness, Adam, you know, we don't like to joke around here, but Never. let's get into it. Um, on this podcast, we discuss subjects that we are passionate about, subjects that our guests are passionate about, to really figure out how someone goes from a casual fan to a fanatic. And we give personal stories trivia bits, little fun tidbits that just um, get our hearts a flutter about the subjects that oh, we're talking yes. about. And they are a fluttering. Especially tonight, because what are we talking about tonight, Adam? We are talking about, on our season two debut, yes. the music band Foo Fighters. Um, I, the title of this episode will be you talking foo to me? Oh, hey, nice. I like that. <laughs> Thanks. Well done, Let's Daniel. reference a podcast that's much more popular than ours. Um, yeah, so we are going to dive into the music band of Foo Fighters. Yeah. But first, I mean, 2020, this is a big year for us, Daniel. 
Yeah, yes. It's a huge year. And just We're recording this in 2021, so we know that 2020 <laughs> is a big year for us already. Because, you know, time travel has been invented. Exactly. You know, man, whew, my flying car, let me tell you, it's arms sure are tired. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's A plus a bit, Adam. Um, I was very proud of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jesus. I would never make a great joke like that. Damn it. Why didn't I think of that joke? Um, yeah. So 2020 is going to be a big year for us. Yes. Um, yeah. This is the year that we take over the world. We run for dual president. Nice. Um, well, yes. Yeah. The first. Um, I don't know if our listeners know this, but we're both talking dogs, so it would be the first uh, talking dog president. I'm, of course, a big, hairy, golden retriever. Uh, what uh, dog are you, Adam, for our listeners? I am a chow chow. <laughs> yep, he is. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> you can hear by his flawless chow chow. Not impression because he's uh, chow chow. So yes. his flawless chow chow bark. Um, so yes, uh, if you refer to me as a human today, Adam, I'm going to cut your audio. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. Good boy. Good boy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, anyways. anyways, did you want to talk about 2020 at all anymore? Or nah, people nah. know what's up. Yeah, it's a it's a throwback to one of our most lauded episodes from uh, last year. It's the end of the world. Yes, the, one of the best episodes <laughs> with the best <laughs> music band on it, yeah, okay. <laughs> except for Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> the Anyways. best and the longest episode. <laughs> Wink. Oh yeah. So let's get into Foo Fighters because Adam, this is your favorite band, correct? Yes. It is. Absolute favorite. It is. Um, you are going to swear in an affidavit later tonight. I will notarize it. That yes. you <laughs> from, from now to forever. Whoa. I, I, deal. I, I think I can claim that right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'm over halfway through my life. You take, <laughs> every rule you break, you better listen to Foo Fighters on. I'll come and kill you. Kurt Cobain just rolled over in his grave. Yeah, think about it. <laughs> Do you mean Sting? No, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> Wait, what? Because we're talking about Foo Fighters, and Nirvana was uh -huh. the genesis of the Foo, of Foo Fighters. And it and sounds so, like you're getting into Passion Fruitspedia. I know. Oh, sorry. Yep, yep, yep. No, we'll, we'll, we'll hold no, no, no. Let's hop into it. Yeah. Let's get into okay. Passion Fruitspedia. Yeah, so so for all those out there who aren't familiar with Foo Fighters, yes, uh, Foo Fighters are an American rock band. What is a Foo Fighters, Adam? So funny enough, <laughs> actually, that that is actually a that was a big question when the when the band came when the band kind of announced itself to the world. They were like, Damn. "Oh, okay, Foo Fighters. What what's a Foo Fighter?" Right, and it's actually a reference to the various UFOs and other phenomena that were reported by Allied pilots in World War II. And oh, that's God. also why, like Dave Grohl, so Dave Grohl, leader of the Foo Fighters, we'll get into him here in two seconds. But Dave Grohl- One, two. Ha-ha. 
<laughs> as the leader of the Back band. again. <laughs> I bet you missed this. Oh, yes. And all our listeners did too. <laughs> yeah, they're rolling. <laughs> They've crashed their cars. They're laughing so much. Spit out their multiple drinks that they're drinking. Uh, so, yes, go ahead, Dave oh, Grohl. No, but the Dave Grohl has like a weird affinity for UFOs and, and like alien conspiracy theories. Really? And it's also why. So, they did a uh, live concert at. Uh, uh, Roswell mm-hmm. and one of the aircraft hangars there cool. and the record label that Dave Grohl has like his like producing group is Roswell Records oh man yeah. did he get to tour Area 51 I have no clue man how bad if anyone could it would be, it would Dave be totally yeah the, I, I think the funny thing though is like once Dave established Foo Fighters as the name of ba- name of the band. One of the documentaries I saw, he was like, it's kind of a stupid name. I yeah. wish I named it something different. I've heard him <laughs> say that. I've seen that quote multiple times. Um, anyways. Yeah, keep yeah. going. You've got this. Yeah, so uh, Foo Fighters, American rock band, uh, started up by Dave Grohl, who at the time was most famous for being the drummer for Nirvana. Yes. And so Dave had the Foo Fighters as his own personal like one-man band pet project slash demo tape Mm. after Kurt Cobain um, committed suicide and thus ended the era of Nirvana. Right. So uh, Foo Fighters really is Dave Grohl, Mm -hmm. and I think no one argues that. Right. Despite kind of band, you you know, band drama and stuff as they as they're going through. Um, but it's also made up by the drummer uh, Taylor Hawkins, mm-hmm. the bassist, 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 uh, the Rockfish, the Rockfish, yeah. nice, the Rockfish, <laughs> <laughs> um, slept that Rockfish, <laughs> Jesus, uh, the bassist Nate Mendel, uh-huh. uh, the guitarist Chris Shiflet, and the other guitarist, the third guitarist. Um, Pat uh, Smear? Smear, yes, yeah. Pat Smear. Because, yeah, Dave Grohl is frontman, singer, and guitar player. Yes. So it is grown at its smallest, it was a three piece, mm-hmm. and at its largest now, it's a five piece. Jesus. So, With yeah. three guitars. I know. Crazy. Pretty, pretty awesome. Very awesome. Uh, Just like Lannard Scannard. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, so the debut album came out in about 1995 mm-hmm. with the self-titled album Foo Fighters. And they have upwards of nine albums now. Yeah. Um, they have quite a few albums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ninth studio album with Concrete and Gold. I can't can't keep counting them. I can barely count to five, much less <laughs> nine. Cool. And Remember, we are dogs, so we don't <laughs> count very well. <laughs> and everything we count in dog years. So nine albums is more like 81 albums. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> yes. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, Foo Fighters started up uh, basically back in the mid-90s and still producing albums and touring up, up through today, actually. Yeah, if you... Um don't know about Foo Fighters, you haven't been listening to rock stations since 1995, then we don't want to talk to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Burn. Pew. That's a new uh, new feature of the 
season two is more attitude. Oh yeah, that's got, a, that's exactly what everyone wanted out. We of got tood for days. <laughs> I've got ratitude. Adam's got batitude. I'm a dog, and no one's giving me a belly rub in a while. So you know, lots of attitude. <laughs> that's Adam's batitude. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Adam's batitude. I've been Chaz, the skateboarding dog, oh, and this is Passion Fruits Podcast. <laughs> Should I uh, keep going? Yeah, yeah. Please, right. please keep going. Oh, Next on the eights, we got the weather. It's a hot one out there. Temperatures rising like so much red toothpaste coming out of a tube. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, just gonna skateboard now. See ya. Um, Foo Fighters in general, they are. I'm gonna get back on track now, <laughs> just like Model Train uh, and Dave Matthews and every other every yeah every other episode where I have like a deep vested interest in the subject we're talking about. This is what the people want, Adam. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, but Foo Fighters, I, I don't know. There's, we're going to go into a lot more about the band itself when we get to I Heart Foo, the I Heart Foo Fighters section. Um, but I think it's safe to say that they're a very, very well known, very popular rock band. I'd say honestly, probably the most mainstream band that we, that we've talked about on this podcast. Totally. Definitely. Um, and once again, Daniel, as Daniel said, if you haven't heard their music before, Fuck you. Oh, God. <laughs> I did say that, and I meant it. Um, but I think even if you, you know, we, as with most of our music band episodes, we have a little playlist, and by little, yeah. I mean two and a half hour long playlist. It's a good one. Um, and you will go through a lot of their popular songs, but I guarantee you've heard a Foo Fighters song. They've yeah. Tons of TV shows, album, you know, yeah. movie soundtracks, all that good stuff. Well, and... And we can kind of start getting into some of the uh, Cocoa Corner. Um, but talking about Dave Grohl, he is just so prolific, still prolific in the rock industry, which isn't much of a powerhouse as it once was. But, mm -hmm. you know, he usually shows up at the Grammys with Trent Reznor or Josh yep. Homme or he has his finger in a lot of pies in the rock music industry. Yes, he does. And is keeping kind of that... There are a lot of plenty of rock bands who are keeping the rock industry alive, but Dave Grohl is still one of the most respected rock front men in the industry. Oh, so, without a doubt. Totally. Yeah. I mean, excellent. Obviously, a, a good musician. Oh, yeah. Um, but more importantly, one, a really, really nice guy. Totally. Apparently, and yeah. then a very um, sound business person as yeah. well so yeah anyway, and he once again not fuck we'll, around yeah we'll, we'll get into that too but um but yeah so how would you want to kick this off there do you want do you want to talk about foo fighters and your your introduction to them let's hmm or do you want to do this kind of as dually let's kind of do this like um dueling banjos um like the movie deliverance um <laughs> hey boy you got purred a mouth <laughs> jesus that's exactly what i meant i've got a purred a mouth because i'm a dog <laughs> um so i think let's hear from you about how you got into foo fighters sure. and because i think my story will be a little bit similar but will definitely be a good juxtaposition yeah because while i love the foo fighters mm -hmm. i'm definitely not as passionate about them as you are so yeah adam uh, 
it was a uh, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> You're just and... like Snoopy the Beagle, <laughs> riding yes. on his typewriter, <laughs> the... fighting the Red Baron. <laughs> That's why you like Star Wars so much. It's oh so my true. god! Yep, you're a dog. I well, duh. We, we established that. <laughs> I just want to keep reminding the listeners. <laughs> um, yeah. So I first got into the Foo Fighters because I started watching the TV show Ed. Ed the Bowling House Lawyer? Yes. Oh, yeah. And the intro song to that TV show is um, Next Year, which was, um, I think it was like track eight on the Foo Fighters album, uh, There Is Nothing Left to Lose. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so I always (laughs) liked that. Hold on, everybody. Stop the podcast. Go listen to track eight. Yes. All right, All you're right. back. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for so coming. Every, back. Everyone knows what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Now. Um, but the so I got in, I got into that because um, I listened. I heard the song. I loved the song. And I was trying to figure out who the heck played it because this was before uh, before YouTube. This yeah. was before Shazam. This I was, was yeah, before. I was trying to remember so, the app name. Literally, and I you know I would listen to it. And, you know, I didn't hear the song on. Um, like the radio. Mm-hmm. So I literally would like go through albums in Walmart and be like, uh, who is this? I could, and you couldn't look up lyrics online. Right. So it's all these things that we just take for granted now. Yeah. You were like, who watches Ed the Bowling Alley Lawyer? Yes. And everybody was like, what are you talking about, little kid? I couldn't even. And by look, little kid, I mean little dog. <laughs> like, I couldn't even look up um, on IMDb to see what the soundtrack credits it didn't even exist. Oh, how did we survive that? I don't. Back when, then, so Daniel? when did. I, it would be really funny if Ed the Bowling Alley Lawyer, the first episode was last week. <laughs> so when did Ed the Bowling Alley Lawyer come out? It was early 2000s. Okay. Like, I, I'm pretty sure uh, 2000 or 2001. So once again, the wee infancy. Wee infancy. Yes. yes. The, the internet had been around for 10 years now. <laughs> so that's a pretty, like, I mean... 10 years in dog years is almost like 500 years old. So <laughs> I, I don't think that's how we're really sure. Um, so yeah, so you got in because you got into Foo Fighters or wanted to discover more about this band from, because the theme song for Ed, the bowling alley lawyer yes. was a Foo Fighters song. Yes. Um, and I remember I was in Jackson hole, Wyoming. Oh man. I love Jackson hole. When I had like, we went in and I had some money, and I wanted to buy an album. <laughs> the classic souvenir of Jackson Hole. I, well, dude, I... I, was I mean, a, there's I, not I, much I, else there, so... <laughs> well, I haven't been back in a while, but there's not much else there, so... Yeah, no no grand vistas of the Tetons. No, no historic like, Western town. Ta- anyways. You were uh, weirdly obsessed about this bowling alley, the Ed Lawyer bowling so, alley TV show, and you're like, <laughs> I gotta find out more. So, so I bought, uh, so I went in and like, uh, I remember this distinctly and there were two albums available. One was the color and the shape and the other one was uh-huh. the self-titled album. Yeah. And I was like, and ironically, neither of them had next year on yeah. it. So I bought the color and the shape. I was like, well, this is probably, you know, <laughs> this pro- is it. probably it. <laughs> I remember listening to it and I remember being. I remember my first impression was these guys are screaming a lot. I'm not used to this. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> it was like it's like whoa, this is hardcore. So music. 2005, I know in our music band episodes we've talked a lot about cuz that's 2000 so like early 2000s? Early 2000s. Okay, so yeah. um so what were you listening to around then? 
Oh man, were you discovering your musical identity? I w- no, truly that was. And this is this is why Foo Fighters is my favorite band is because I finally latched onto Foo Fighters and that comprised of my musical identity. They were like the first band that you discovered on your own. Yes. Like your parents didn't give you like a Beach Boys CD for Christmas one year. It was like a band that you truly discovered. Yes. Cool. So yes, I mean, at, you know, around that time, uh, I think Creed was kind of something. oh yeah, but Creed was still after after Foo Fighters. Yeah, I, mean, I think before that it was yeah, just like CDs that I collected from my parents. Yeah, yeah, you know, maybe Hanson, Dave Matthews Band. Um, I wasn't even listening to no, Dave Matthews a ton then. Should we replay our Dave Matthews Band yes, episode to remember please. when you <laughs> first started listening? Because <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> I blocked it from my dog brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I remember, so that's how I got started with the Foo Fighters. Gotcha. And honestly, I it was the only CD I had with me. Mm. It, it was like one of two CDs I had with me. And so I just listened to it on repeat. And I got over the screaming and it stopped scaring me so much. <laughs> and Can we play one of the songs? Can we play Everlong <laughs> from that album? Cause <laughs> no, we're going to play Everlong later. <laughs> okay. But I, actually, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll play the song that scared me so much. <laughs> I'm very excited to figure out what song it was. One second. So imagine this, like, so it was, I was like, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I like this. Starts kind of crazy. And and then it goes to... But literally, the first time I'd heard, like, I remember I played this song on repeat uh-huh. because it was kind of like, all right, kind of easing me into the whole yelling yeah. wall of guitar sound. And it was like, <laughs> in the middle, it was like, da, 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 da. This is a blackout. Yeah, exactly. Um, and are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So... I listened to The Color and the Shape. It's still by far my favorite Foo Fighters album. Nice. And literally, it it just progressed up through there. So the next big milestone in my foo in my love of Foo Fighters is when the album In Your Honor came out. Oh yeah. And I went to see that they were. I went to see them live. Oh nice. They were playing up at George Mason University yeah. up in Fairfax. Of course. I went with my buddy John Huffstetler. Of course. Hey John. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but Adam turned into a dog. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, and I, I... Honestly, it was the first like true rock concert. Just mm. honestly, live concert I'd been to yeah. that wasn't like, you know, the, the local folk festival or something like that. Were your parents concerned about you going to a rock band concert? No, actually, my dad drove me because I was in the seventh grade then. Interesting. Uh, sixth or seventh grade, dad drove uh, Dad drove John and I up, went and hung out in like a Barnes and Noble for a couple hours. <laughs> nice. And yeah, I, I, I will give it to my parents. I love them so much, but they were like strangely okay which is like literally dropping me off in front of the convention center at, or good. the the arena at george mason they're like go have fun nice okay. can i tell a brief story about sure. my first concert because yeah. my first concert truly first like rock concert like yours where it was me and friends going to see a band was metallica in well that 
is cause that, for concern. That is cause. <laughs> well, yeah. So I think it was maybe the tail end of eighth grade, beginning of ninth grade when we saw them uh, at uh, the Verizon, when it was at the Verizon Center in DC. But I remember I was taking guitar lessons and my parents asked my guitar teacher, it was like, what do we even expect from like a concert from like Metallica? Like mm-hmm. what should, should we be concerned about it? Like what should we be worried about? Um, and of course what we did when we first immediately got there was got super duper high. Oh goodness! <laughs> Just <gracious>. kidding. <laughs> um, but an older woman did rub my friend's belly in a seductive manner <laughs> and we were all in ninth grade. So <laughs> <laughs> we were loving life <laughs> anyway uh so interesting um, yeah yeah and i just remember that concert being changing my way i thought about live music because i i was of the opinion and had nothing to back it up by thinking that live <laughs> how music, the best opinions are formed yes oh absolutely <laughs> America in 2020. Woo. <laughs> oh, God. Make America uh, dogs again. Yeah. Rough, rough. <laughs> <laughs> and but I just remember going into the... And kind of honestly setting myself up for disappointment. I was oh, like, gosh. no, they're not going to be as crisp live. They're mm. not going to be... You know, the songs aren't really going to sound the same as they sound on the album. That was my biggest fear that I would lose interest in a band because they didn't sound as good live. And I won't lie, that has happened to me Yeah. Um, since then. But I remember the Foo Fighters rocked my fucking socks off. Oh, gosh. Um, Weezer opened for them. So Ooh, it, it made... That's pretty awesome. Oh, I, like, I immediately went home and like bought two Weezer albums. Nice. Um, By then, iTunes was a thing, and you had figured out how to use a computer with your dog paws. <laughs> I was... <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, boy. Um, and, yeah, I you know, the Foo Fighters, they're known for having amazing live sets. Mm-hmm. One, long live sets. Um, and two, just being... Like crisp and tight enough, yeah. but not like it still sounds like they're live. Oh, yeah, but definitely. just carrying tremendous energy throughout the entire concert. Totally. And I just remember I were standing the whole time, mm-hmm. singing along with every song, which oh, I'm man. sure everyone appreciated. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and yeah, it was it was uh, it was in my mind perfect. Yeah, and that's and I've been a, I've been a fan ever since. And once you know, once we 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 can talk about it you know why we heart or why i heart Foo fighters later on down the road like with specific songs and aspects of that band but that really was Foo fighters were the Foo fighters are the basis for why i love rock music nice yeah how about you daniel thank you so very much adam for throwing it my way (laughs) passing the rock so i'm trying to think of where i even first heard of Foo fighters but i'm sure it was from a friend I think it was from my friend David in middle school starting to play guitar around seventh grade um, and hearing food. I mean, because Foo Fighters have always been on the radio. You know, they're popular songs to play now as they were back then. Hearing Foo Fighters on the radio and having songs suggested to me by friends at school and also learning to play them on the guitar. Okay. Foo Fighter songs, they can be complex, but yeah. they're also relatively easy to learn. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I I I bought a guitar in high school with the intention of like learning Foo Fighter songs, and yes, they're fairly easy to learn. Right. So yeah, and I remember 
kind of like in high school, uh, middle school and high school, kind of tracking the releases of new albums from Foo Fighters, uh-huh. especially with the album One by One. Yeah. Um, and then when the album In Your Honor came out, I got that because yep. it was like also a double album. And I'll be honest, I know Adam in our music band episodes, we've mentioned and I've mentioned millions and billions of times that I'm an album guy. Yes. But with Foo Fighters, I've almost always had some trouble getting through an entire album of sure. theirs. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that when, once we start listening to the songs on the playlist that you provided. Um, but it wasn't really until I met you and your sexy body, <laughs> your sexy dog body. <laughs> <laughs> woof, woof. <laughs> Yum, um, yum. <laughs> uh, throwback to season one, anyone? Nice. Um, yes. Uh, actually, yeah. Throwback to season one. My predictions about the new Star Wars movie came true. <laughs> oh, no. We all know that. Uh, uh, spoilers for The Mandalorian, even though I haven't seen it. Baby Yoda is Ray's baby nephew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, so, yes. When meeting you in college and almost being assaulted immediately by the noise of cacophony, cacophonous noise from your dorm room of the Foo Fighters that you were listening to. And also in 2007, when we got into college, it was when a very good Foo Fighters album came out. Yes. Echoes, silence, patience, and silence, and... Um, sounds of silence and (laughs) bridge under troubled waters um yes echo silence patience and grace came out and that was kind of when i like rediscovered foo fighters as an album band and when i really began to listen to them more seriously and enjoy them more seriously yeah they're a group that i will go to like i'll have uh, fits and spurts of wanting to listen to Foo Fighters more and more. Um, and I've only seen them once. I We saw them live in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, talking about their shows earlier, how they're so energetic. I mean, when they played, they played 30 fucking songs yeah. in like two, two and a half hours or yeah. something. Yeah, it was a two and a half hour long set. Crazy. I, I don't know how they have... The- the the endurance. I, I do don't it. either. Night after night, too. It's because mm-hmm. it's not like they play that and then take a uh, rest for a week. No, and I mean it's not even like. Um, I mean, Dave Grohl and the band have some banter on stage. Yeah, but it's not like he's telling a five minute story. He no. was talking for thirty seconds and getting back to it. That's really what kind of like cemented my, Foo Fighters as being like a band that. Yes, I will definitely listen to them and enjoy probably all of their albums. Mm-hmm. When we get into some of the songs, I'll talk to you about kind of what has always made me a little um, weird, not wary, but have some trepidation about Foo Fighters. Yeah. Um, but if you want to, why don't we hop into the playlist? Yeah, for sure. So For shizzle. This, <laughs> this is a playlist that I obviously put together for Daniel to listen to. Hello. And it was an amalgamation of uh, select songs throughout all the albums. And I did, I did structure it so that you had to listen to it sequentially. And I did. And I uh, enjoyed that because I like sequential. Yes. Daniel's all that order. <laughs> Just like the rebellion. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, we, we can definitely, we can definitely go through some of the songs. Okay. Um, and I think, 
I said I, the the song the songs in the playlist are not sequential by release date by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but they, I think it shows kind of an ebb and flow of who the Foo Fighters are musically. He's and- my favorite rapper, Evan Flow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we actually started out the episode with the intro to All My Life, yes. which is the uh, intro, you know, intro song on One by One, the yes. album that Daniel was referencing earlier. Yes. And that, similar to our discussion about Queens of the Stone Age, I think is an awesome, awesome album opener. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's amazing. It's a very good song and really gets... Uh, I mean, the listeners, of course, couldn't see it, but Adam was sitting in his desk chair, um, acting like he was air, gu- or he wasn't acting like he was air guitaring. He was air guitaring, yes. super duper hard and super duper serious. Air guitaring, air drumming, and air singing all <laughs> yeah. at the same time. Um, yeah, so that is just like such a awesome kickoff to an album and an awesome song. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about how you structured the playlist or do you want to talk about that as we go through some no, of the songs? No, we can definitely talk a little bit more now. Okay. Um, so I, I tried to make a balance of what I thought, even to a certain extent, like some of the Foo Fighters more poppy type songs gotcha. uh, like or more well-known songs, yeah. if you will. Uh, and then I pulled in some, honestly, just some some outliers that I think are really, really good songs, but pe- definitely not heard of nearly as much. And then rounding it out, like I, I knew I had to end with Everlong, oh, which yeah. is between that, between Everlong and Learn to Fly, are, and Best of You and maybe The Pretender. Oh, here we go. Like, <laughs> But, you know, two of two of the Foo Fighters or two of Foo Fighters most popular songs. Definitely. I think, yeah, I would be surprised if people had not heard Everlong. Yeah. Before. Um, so with the playlist, you kind of the playlist that how you created it and sequenced it, you mm-hmm. wanted to kind you wanted to not really tell a story about your own Foo Fighters journey, but more of like, how, how, how did you sequence it? Um, because I'm interested, because, I mean, in the REM episode and the Queens of the Stone Age episode, mm-hmm. I was trying to get my point across about how I got into those two bands by putting songs from the albums that I got into when I first started listening to those sure. bands. So, actually, I think part of it is I structured the playlist um, kind of like songs that came earlier in the albums. Mm-hmm. In the first part of the playlist. Gotcha. And songs that came later in the albums at the second part of the second half of the gotcha. playlist. So more like popular with some at the beginning and then of course a little bit at the end. Yeah. With then some deeper cuts towards yeah. the middle of the playlist. Yeah. Deeper cuts. De- definitely deeper cuts in the sense of, um, f- so for instance, the song cold day in the sun, which is like right, uh, like midway through the playlist cold day in the sun is actually the vocals are sung by Taylor Hawkins, the drummer. And it's, I wasn't quite sure about the song beforehand, but now it's uh, like an easy listen for me. And other songs, like some of their um, more, like the song that I placed in the playlist before that, uh, Virginia Moon, what came off of the uh, acoustic, uh, was an acoustic cut by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. And I I left out so many songs. Mm. 
Um, but I, I mean, also, if you had put more in, it would have been like a two hour and 40 minute playlist. And who does that? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I, so I, I don't think I gave it, I don't, I, hmm, I did not give it as much thought as probably you did as far mm. as trying to tell a story, but I just know I basically went through and was like, all right, you have to have these songs in here. If we're going to publish this playlist oh, God. as like the quintessential, you know, guide to Foo Fighters. Yes. Oh man, um, you better watch yourself. Some oh, people yeah. might argue with you. Oh, without a doubt, they're going <laughs> to argue with me. Um, I think the quintessential playlist for Foo Fighters is just ever long for 20, 20 songs. <laughs> I could honestly listen to that song on repeat for like 10 songs. Um, and here, what I'll say is that you did an excellent job creating this playlist and I very much appreciate it because it is... It is familiar to me because I've listened to a lot of um, mm-hmm. Foo Fighters, but definitely discovered some new songs from some of the earlier albums that I haven't really gone back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we play one of the songs that you would like to play? Yeah, so one of my all-time favorite Foo Fighters songs is called Generator, and it's the third song on the playlist, and I'm going to do it now. Here we go. Adam's air guitaring, and I was pretending to be frustrated with him. <laughs> like, I haven't air guitared ever. <laughs> nope, never. Um, so I love this song. Is it because of the voice the uh, voice box? Because it reminds you of Peter Frampton? Yeah, yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> wow. How did you How did you know, Daniel? I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> uh, no, the... I. It is... It came off the album, There's Nothing Left to Lose. Uh-huh. And which I I can listen to that album on repeat as so, an album that is my favorite album of theirs. Uh, hold on, let's rewind the yes. tape. Zip, yes. zip, zip, zip. <laughs> you didn't rewind. <laughs> I know I probably said the color and the shape was as well. You did. <laughs> Between those two albums, we got him. <laughs> yeah, we're taking you in, <laughs> we're taking you to the pound. Um, um, no, I, well, yeah, I say that now. So, I, yeah, between the color and the shape, oh, no, I really threw him for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also forgot to mention we're robot dogs. This <laughs> is 2020. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so there's nothing left to lose. Um, it, yeah, it's got to be tied for mm. tied for first with. I mean, yeah, they're all just like ultimately Uh, the same. And (laughs) um, but that album, I think, I find it so interesting because it was the first album. So it's Foo Fighters' third album, and it's also after they went through a bunch of turmoil. um, Mm. As far so, it's after Pat Smear left the album. Left, sorry, left the band for the first time. Right. It's also uh, kind of after the official transition after uh, their first drummer, William Goldsmith was kicked out of the band. Gotcha. So they're a three piece in this, um, uh, 
uh, era and, and yeah, in this era. So okay. it's just Dave on it's Dave on vocals and guitar. Okay, Nate Mandel on bass uh-huh. and Taylor Hawkins on the drums. Really? So it's interesting. It's a three piece. It's their most. I think it's one of the more simplistic albums as far as songwriting. Yeah. But I every and it's definitely more subdued. And funny enough, it's the it's the album that got, got them their first Grammy. Really? Yes. Interesting. Well, I'm learning so much because, frankly, I know a lot about Dave Grohl, but Foo Fighters history, I do not. So, uh, Foo Fighters fans, don't at me with your hashtags. <laughs> um, can I talk about a song yes, on that album? Because I did notice how many songs you put on the playlist from that album. Sure. Yep. So, yes, if I could talk about a song off of There's Nothing Left to Lose. Sure. Could we listen to Stacked? Actors. Ooh, yes. Yes, please. Thank you, Adam. Um, so this was a song, I'm sure I've, I've heard this song before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'd played it in college one time when we were getting blazed in our dorm rooms. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. We only did that once a day. <laughs> um, but that was an interesting song and maybe one of the funkiest bass lines. <laughs> Here's one of my things with the Foo Fighters. Sure. So the bass player has been the same bass player for the entire time. Yes. He, uh, I, and you might not like what I say about Foo Fighters some of these times, Adam. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, You're he, dead to me. I know. He's kind of a boring bass player. <laughs> he, um, yes. He's not, I mean, the Foo Fighters are not known for their, you know, standout bass playing. But I think that's a, that's a result of, honestly, Foo Fighters being... It's not like they're super experimental with their songwriting. Right. And that's kind of and when we get further into it is maybe what we can talk about. Because Foo Fighters, like you just said, they're not super duper experimental. They're nope. a rock band. Yes. And that's about it. Dave has always said, he was like, the Foo Fighters are is a wall of guitars. Uh-huh. And me screaming every now and then. Like that's, he was like. And scaring little kids like Adam Harris. <laughs> yes. Um, riding, riding around, riding around in the back of a Subaru Outback rental. In, <laughs> exactly. In the Grand uh, Tetons. And no, you're, 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 you're right. The funny thing, Nate is, uh, my buddy, old, good old buddy, good old, old Nate. Nate, um, Nate, the neighbor. Nate, yeah. He is, uh, there's a great documentary, mm. uh, where they're talking about kind of the evolution of the Foo Fighters. And yeah. this is before, uh, I can't remember which, maybe it was Wasting Light came out. Mm. And Nate admits that, especially at this point in their career, he was not a very good bassist. Um, Interesting. He was like, uh, he said it, it really hit him when they went into the studio the first time with the prior album, The Color and the Shape. Yeah. And the producer, uh, Vic, was mm. like, you all are bad. He was like the <laughs> the nickname that they that the producer had for uh, Nate and the drummer at that time, William, was the rhythmless section. <laughs> oh Jesus, that's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think it's I think the Foo Fighters. Uh, one thing that Davis said is, you know, we're 
we we were immediately famous because mm. Dave was a member of Nirvana. Right. So it, this pet project started playing arenas almost immediately. Right. Um, and they went to so the, and they, they saw all the drama like mm. there they went through all that kind of that pre that young band drama in the public eye. Gotcha. And they also developed all their musical capability in the public eye. Right. So they were like literally just like Dave's reputation was dragging the rest of the band along. Gotcha. And that's why, yeah, I think, you know, Dave writes most, I think, uh, you know, up through that point, Dave was writing all the music. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and Dave, Dave's a drummer. He's yeah. not a guitarist. He's not a bassist. He's a drummer. So right. he's like, all right, well, make the bassist go. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I mean, the, bass lines are pretty much not all the time but they're pretty much just following the guitar lines yeah. and not really when you listen to them it's just kind of like straight eighth notes or straight yep. quarter notes doing the same line as the guitar um of course he doesn't do that just constantly but that's kind of their ethos is kind of not not super simple rock but again yeah. just capital r capital K rock. Um, but thank I, I did enjoy that song and one that I really, I'm sure I had heard before, but really hadn't given it a good listen. Um, this album was also the album that learned to fly. Was yes, on, of course, um, which is arguably still one of the, the world's most funny music videos. Yes. Um, we won't play the song just cause I hope everyone's heard that in one way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, this album is the one where next year was on. Right. Um, and then Ed the on, bowling alley lawyer. Yeah. And you know, even listeners dear listeners, I implore <laughs> you to go listen to the song. Cause I, I'm very much kind of a first half of the album type person. And this is one where I get more excited after the middle of the album. Interesting. Like all these, and I didn't, I purposely didn't necessarily, I didn't put them on the, on the playlist because they're just songs that no one's heard of. Gotcha. Um, but I love, I, I love next year. I love Headwires. I love Ain't It to Life. And my, like all those songs. I'm like, yeah. Oh man. I love this. Song. Let's listen oh. to one of the songs. Play, so, play one. Damn it. Use so your dew claw and punch <laughs> in the song. This is uh, uh, Headwires. And what the second half of the album is pretty mellow. Cool. Um, but the, this picks up here, uh, here in a little bit. Adam is air singing. And then there's a, a little more of kind of a more aggressive like guitar. So, oh yeah. So, but all the songs are. I liked that. Yeah, I. I said no. no I, I. I truly. I did enjoy that. So all the. Damn it, all Adam! The, take me seriously, okay? Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, all all the songs are are some of the MIA's like that. Ain't the life is like that. Oh, Living what's that song? Like that. MIA. MIA. Yes. Um. Everybody's got their guns. Bang bang. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> 
that uh, that paper airplane song or whatever from MIA. Oh no, shit. Um, <laughs> um, what were so yeah so anyways love that album love all the songs yeah. on that album um color the shape is the same way we'll, we'll play everlong at the very end of the episode of course that's what we need to do yes um i have wh- a story about everlong when we get to it it's <laughs> hilarious i so for a while uh foo fighters were playing everlong as the acoustic version now it's not a fan i oh, love man. everlong's acoustic version but i don't want to hear that live in concert oh god adam is pointing his <laughs> paw <laughs> at me getting <laughs> very angry um what I I would like to go is take a step back. Okay, take a step back. <laughs> Let's recenter, Adam. <laughs> um, I I'd like to play a, uh, for all the cows off of which it's later on in the playlist, but yeah. it's arguably one of their more popular songs from their self-titled album. Okay, let's do it. So it starts off like this for a little while. Bump ahead. And this album, uh, Dave recorded all f- uh <laughs> Sorry, Adam couldn't talk anymore because he had to air sync. <laughs> um, <laughs> this album was basically Dave Grohl as a demo tape. So he played, he did all right. four parts, vocals, bass, guitar, and drums, and just laid them over on each, on, right. on each other. So I know a bit about some of the formation of the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. I watched the HBO documentary Sonic Highways yeah. when the Foo Fighters went to different cities in the U.S. Yes. and recorded songs in each city, like kind of about the city and about how they've kind of grew up and how the city formed their own sound. And this is in the Seattle episode yes. where they go to like Dave's studio and they play a bunch of demo tapes mm-hmm. um there's of course the amazing demo that dave grohl recorded guitar drums and vocals for uh we're the kids in america yeah. of dave grohl singing <laughs> um and that i do enjoy that song but it is very clearly a first album yes with just one person playing everything yes because the is. drums are very forward yes and of course at that time and dave grohl still is but Dave Grohl was a drummer. Yeah. So this was clearly kind of his experimentation as a band. Um, so it, if you were to, if I were to go listen to like the first album, I probably would be like, all right, it's whatever. But the second and the third with the color and the shape and yeah. there is nothing left to lose definitely is when as a band, they're much more cohesive and, Dave has given some of these songwriting to his other band members. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about the Foo Fighters, and and since we're in, um, you know, the iHeart Foo Fighters section, you know, I I really respect Dave as because he's very much established himself as the as the leader at the Foo Fighters. As I said before, the Foo Fighters are Dave, is Dave's band, right? Like. Without Dave, you don't have Foo Fighters. Like you're not going to replace right. Dave Grohl. You can't replace Dave Grohl, anyways. But you know, yeah, of course, he's an American S- treasure. Swoon. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but you know, that's. Uh, I think that's very indicative of how Foo Fighters function as a unit. Mm-hmm. And I, I go back and watch all the all the documentaries and yeah. all the interviews. And I remember an interview with Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Saying. 
uh, the interviewer was like, oh, you know, do you have an issue with, you know, being Dave's employee? Yeah. And Taylor, Taylor goes, no. He goes, honestly, you know, I had friends that would, would go like, oh, dude, like, you know, don't you wish you had some more songwriting credits and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe that was Taylor saying that to, to some of his friends and his friends were like, dude, you've got it pretty good right yeah. now. And it's also something where Dave has never limited the band members to go off and do their solo projects. Right. You know, Dave, uh, drummed for Queens of the Stone Age and mm-hmm. then Crooked Vultures. And, and did his own metal album, Probot. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's all these things where I think Dave loves making music for the sake of making music and that's how he started out started out Mm -hmm. and recognizes that with his bandmates and honestly like they're all filthy stinking rich yeah and i think one of the coolest things that they do now and this kind of segues into another album i'd like to talk about sonic highways which is the, the subject of the hbo series is Davis, Dave and Foo Fighters are so well known now mm. that they can do pretty much whatever they want. And they really are doing all this stuff just because they're curious about it. And yeah. they want to they want to collaborate with these people and they want to make this type of music and they want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like they're really able to express their creativity or at least explore their creativity because of of how Dave has managed the band. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Sonic Highways? Sure. Um, what song are you queuing up? Um, something from Nothing and then uh, I Am a River, the two that I had on the playlist. Okay, but, dope. But if you want to talk about the album in, sure. in general. So. Yeah, so again, Sonic Highways is an album and a companion HBO documentary miniseries where each episode of the miniseries was talking about the creation of a song so the album starts out with a song about chicago and then i think the second song is a song about dc so dave Grohl is from my area from alexandria virginia and actually went to a rival high school for three months before he dropped out (laughs) um and in one of the pictures from a party in that documentary there, Dave Grohl is playing drums for like a band. I forget what his DC punk band name was. I can't remember either. Um, but there is a sweatshirt for my high school, like hanging <laughs> off an amp or something. That's awesome. It wasn't my sweatshirt, of course, because I was a baby, a baby at the time, maybe possibly not even alive yet. Um, because I am a hundred years old in dog years, but five years in human years. <laughs> I don't uh, think the math works out that way, but I could be wrong anyway. So uh, the Foo Fighters go to different cities across the United States of America. They go to L.A. They Chicago, Chicago, um, Seattle, New Orleans, um, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, New yeah. York, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do love the Los Angeles episode because while they uh, give a lot of kind of uh, airtime to Pat Smear, the other guitar player who grew up in L.A., Dave also just goes out is like, God, I hate LA. <laughs> like goes out to the <laughs> desert and talks with Josh Homme yeah. and goes to uh Rancho de la Luna, the yeah. um studio where they record the song for the album, mm-hmm. which is just great because they talk about Caius and Queens of the Stone Age yep. and all that shit. And I'm just like, Yeah, this yeah. is what I like. <laughs> and that's what uh you know, we'll play the song here in uh a couple couple seconds, but 
that it leads us to the other point of, you know, the Foo Fighters are all about their creative collaborations and they're well, once again, like despite their fairly simplistic songwriting Mm -hmm. and just like their, I wouldn't say they're pushing the limits of any sort of the rock genre by the stretch of the imagination. They're so well respected by the Trent Reznor's of the world and by, you know, the Josh Homme's of the world, because I think they're so genuine. Oh yeah. Well, and they're so open to trying new things. Like they have their sound, but Dave Grohl and the other band members aren't um, afraid to record in historic buildings in New Orleans or get out of their comfort zone and record other places. Um, Sorry, let's play one of the songs from Sonic Highways. So in this uh, episode, and I, I apologize for continuing to talk about the HBO special, <laughs> but they talked to like Buddy Guy yeah. and the guitar player from Cheap Trick and yep. a bunch of other people. It's so cool. That that uh, Sonic Highways is how I recognize Cheap Trick. Like I, I oh, heard yeah. their songs beforehand, but I was Daddy's like, oh. all right, mommy's all right. We're talking about the Foo Fighters, <laughs> Foo Surrender. <laughs> Surrender to the Foo Fighters, Adam, you're a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, listeners? But don't the thing give that yourself we can... <laughs> away. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that That's we can all... That's how all songs <laughs> should end. <laughs> the thing that we can take away from this is that Daniel is the songwriting genius of our generation. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, wow. My I, HBO special, yes. <laughs> Traveling Around North Carolina, will be coming out tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> the uh, But yeah, so... I, I loved Sonic Highways yeah. because of the stories that they were telling. And once again, like it wasn't all about the Foo Fighters. Yeah. It was literally Dave and the band going around being like, this is a really iconic place for music. Here's why. Here yeah. are all the amazing people involved that came out of this scene or this right. scene or or here's the influence that it had influence that it had. Like the Foo Foo Fighters just once again, I'm I'm fanboying hard right now. Oh, here we go. They're just not they're they don't self promote as much as they could. No, totally. Like they uh even when uh I was watching an episode with Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl uh being interviewed by Anderson Cooper the oh, other evening. Fun. Um uh, and Anderson Cooper was like talking to uh uh talking to Dave and he's like, So how do you feel you know, playing guitar when you're known as, you know, history's one of one of history's best rock drummers. And mm-hmm. Dave's like, well, I can't, you know, that's not true. Ha ha ha. Cause I have the best rock drummer in my band, like oh, points to man. Taylor and they just like <laughs> gaze and just like, Oh, <laughs> adorable. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, they're, they're just so 
they're not self complimentary, but they all love each other for the for the fact that they all respect each other musically mm-hmm. as as bandmates. Well, and that's another thing from that album. While they went to those different cities and talked about their influences, it wasn't like they were trying to like cop those music styles. Right. Like for the DC episode, they go and talk about the go-go music scene in DC, which is not the Foo Fighters music scene at all. Right. Um, so they give like a really cool history and like, that's something that the Foo Fighters, something that I'm very passionate about with Dave Grohl is like, and the Foo Fighters is how he's so almost like reverential um, towards different kinds of music and wants to tell those stories without being like, hey, it's me, Dave Grohl. Like, look what I can do with all my money. Like, it's very obvious he can do that, but it's very, he doesn't like overstate that. He's just like, hey, the DC punk music scene is amazing and was amazing and was what I listened to when I grew up. So let me talk about that. But there's also this go-go scene that's completely different from the punk scene. So let's also talk about that Yes, and kind of try and figure that out in a song that the Foo Fighters, that's like totally the Foo Fighters wholly and not them trying to do like a go-go dance song, Foo Fighter style. Yes. Um, I think, uh, you know, one of those, what am I trying to say here, Daniel? Um, I am not sure. You're a dog, so I can read your mind because we have dog telepathy, <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of difficult with, there's a lot of thoughts going on in there. Your mind's going a mile an hour. Um, no, you're absolutely right. And I think they're, uh, I, I'm just always amazed. So there was a documentary that came out where they talked about, it was basically Dave Grohl saving this old soundboard. Um, oh, yeah. It's, Sound City. Yep. Yeah. Real to real Sound City. Yes. It's a Neve uh, console. Yes. That's like a tube, tube console yes. rather than like a solid state console. Yeah. Um, so I remember watching that documentary with Eric Dickerson, actually. Nice. Shout um, out, Eric. We, we love you. <laughs> uh, and we miss you. Come yes. Back. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, I, I think the like I watched Foo Fighters doc, like documentaries with Foo Fighters people in it because I want to learn more about the Foo Fighters. I was like, there's not enough stuff about the Foo Fighters in here, and it's literally, <laughs> but it's literally Dave bringing people, everyone from. He had so he had it was this. It's kind of the documentary is like a two hour thing where the first hour is Dave Grohl because I think one of the first Nirvana albums was recorded. At a studio, at this studio where this Neve, this amazing music board console was constructed by this producer who constructed maybe like five consoles during his entire life. And this was one of the last existing ones and the studio was shutting down. Yeah. So Dave Grohl got the console out of that studio and put it in his own studio. And then through the documentary, he talked about the history of the board musical influences and then recorded an album with like Josh Homme, Trent Reznor, Stevie the, Nicks, Stevie Nicks, yeah. Paul McCartney, um, the bass player from Nirvana. I don't know his name cause I'm not that big of a Nirvana fan. Um, Kurt Novoselic. Yeah. Kurt no- Novoselic. Novoselic. Thank you. Um, um yeah. Uh, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 
Yeah, I think I was gonna sing a Slipknot song, but I don't know any. I prefer the I prefer the cover band Loose Bow. Sorry. So yeah, I I prefer the 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 Christian rock version of Slipknot. Square knot. Get it? Squares. <laughs> Straight laced squares. Oh, yeah. brother. Uh, never mind. Um, so, yeah. Again, da- Dave Grohl has just so much money that he can do these yes. documentaries with stuff that he enjoys talking about. Yeah. So, that's definitely one thing I'm very passionate about with the Foo Fighters is yeah. how Dave Grohl has been able to do this. Yeah. And things like um, Wasting Light their seventh sorry eighth studio album seventh. yes that's one of my favorite albums of yeah theirs. yeah um i guess technically seventh studio album um was recorded all on tape really yeah interesting so, literally it was dave being like guys i love tape let's record everything <laughs> on tape and everyone was like what? uh <laughs> but we can't fix anything <laughs> it's recorded on tape and dave's like yeah, yeah. we have to be good <laughs> can we play one of the songs sure um, so, do, 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 do. oh, I'll play Arlandria. Yes, please. Adam is taking his air singing very seriously. <laughs> um, so in listening to this song, and you can keep it playing, yeah. um, do you think Dave Grohl likes Alexandria, Virginia? I, I don't know. And Arlington? <laughs> I think this song is just like him talking about how shitty Northern Virginia is, but also <laughs> he grew up there and his family's still there, and like, yeah. how can he not like it when it's such a big part of him. Yeah, I I think... Um, Here's what I'll say about Northern Virginia. It sucks penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I get why he would write a song about how much it sucks. I think he recognizes... So one, given his involvement in the DC punk scene, yeah. I think he recognizes how formative it was for him as a musician. Totally. And yeah, I mean, one of their albums, they came back and basically recorded in the basement of in his mom's garage. Cool. In, uh, Alexandria. Interesting. Arlandria. So for those who don't aren't Northern Virginia natives, oh boy. Arlandria is the sliver between Alexandria and Arlington, also known as basically 395, the uh, the terrible, terrible highway leading into D.C. Yep. But yeah, wa- so Wasting Light, yes. it was recorded on tape. And Crazy. It, and that was uh, the one of the documentaries, one of the Foo Fighters documentaries leading up to Wasting Light yeah. was all about them talking through the Foo Fighter history, but then basically like Dave has that Neve board in his garage at that point in time. Right. And they're just like recording Let's an album it. there. Yeah. yeah. It it was uh it was sorry, I didn't mean no, to you're actually I didn't mean to cut Dave uh <laughs> cut Daniel off. Dave, is um, Dave here? One of the cutest things I've seen Adorable. is totes adorbs is during that documentary so all the foo fighters have kids by this point in time and they're all like two like newborn infant through like five yeah and they they, at one point the documentary 
cuts away and they're like it's time for a pool break and it's all the foo fighters in the pool like tossing <laughs> their amazing. kids around and then uh harper comes into the studio later on and dave is literally like uh playing through a riff and she's like dad you promised that we get in the pool now. i've seen the clip from that <laughs> and like he's like all right. Like yeah. <laughs> doesn't like, you know, his kid doesn't give a shit that he's Dave Grohl right. rock God, like trying to write a song, just her dad. It's pretty awesome. The other interesting thing I thought about that was how to a certain extent lyrics are an afterthought for Foo Fighters. And that's something I would like to talk about. Okay. Is um Dave just like a lot of people will they're an instrumental first band. Interesting. Dave will then take the riff and be like, all right, what do we, what do we write this song about? Okay, cool. Well, let me go uh, write some lyrics real quick. And literally he just like goes and sits off by himself for a little bit and writes the lyrics. So his lyrics, and I've noticed that they they don't tell as much of a story no. or they're very, it's very apparent about what he's talking about. Gotcha. So it's like either or yeah, not this like complicated, you know, introspective, uh, kind of, uh, you know, meaning within meanings within meanings lyrics that you, that other bands have. Totally. I would say that the lyrics are keeping in theme with the band in that they, they're not like obvious, but like you said, they're not like getting existential and he's singing about making some mores, but he's really talking about, um, the fat cats up in Washington and how awful they are. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's something that sometimes gets to me with the Foo Fighters Mm -hmm. and it kind of sometimes gets to me with the album Sonic Highways because it's so obvious. Yes. (laughs) And like if you watch it with the, watch the documentary miniseries with the album, like Buddy Guy talks about Learn like playing a button on a string. Yeah, a button on a string, and then I, Dave Grohl is like, "A button on a string." <laughs> you're just like, "All right, <laughs> wonder where he got that idea yeah, from." <laughs> seriously, which I mean, like, who? He's fucking Dave Grohl. Yeah, so, <laughs> what can we say? Like, we're certainly taking him down a notch. Um, <laughs> Take that, Dave. But yeah, sometimes that's like with uh, Foo Fighters. Sometimes it's like. Oh, that lyric was super obvious. Yes. But then there's songs like My Hero, which is obvious, but also like... Yeah, not obvious, but not like wrapped in mystery either. Right. Do you think we could play My Hero? Because that's one of my yes. favorite... Um, but this is uh, this should be quite a shock to everybody, but this is maybe one of my favorite Foo Fighters songs. Yes. Not many people know this song. Uh, Dave Grohl wrote this about me, actually. He did? So, yeah. <laughs> It also has this killer drum beat when it starts. Adam is playing bass. Oh, now, now Daniel's singing. <laughs> um, and I mean, like talking about how this, the lyrics in this song, like in the chorus, 
he's talking about his hero who's ordinary. Like, we have no idea who his hero is. It's his dad. It's his dad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, but it could be. like. Well, Dave was more or less just raised by his mother. So it could be his mother. Yes. Um, even though he says he, damn it, Dave. Get, <laughs> take sex out of your music, Dave. <laughs> Rock and roll should be just about this, rock and roll and 20, drugs. This is 2020, Dave. How could you not have foreseen this? Yeah, we're all living on another level. We've abandoned <laughs> sex and genders. Now we're all just amorphous blobs. But Adam and I are dogs, so... Ruff, ruff. <laughs> what the fuck were we talking about? About the song, My Hero. Oh, the, yeah. One of, yeah, one of their most popular songs. Yeah. Um, and like I said, with, without a doubt... I think it just shows how Dave as a songwriter has, has evolved to a certain extent. Um, and I think they're, they, they make, um, they make fun songs. So that's a, that's another part. And I, this whole episode is just a pitch to watch as many Foo Fighters documentaries as you possibly can. Do they have a documentary for almost every fucking album they no, make? No, this is, Thank this, God. this all came, comes from two basically. Um, mm, I don't believe you. <laughs> the but a thing about this album, the color and the shape, is that the the, the awkward thing is that when they fired William, uh-huh. i.e., when Dave fired William, um, Dave has this pretty introspective moment during the documentary, mm-hmm. and basically said, "You know what? You know, he he was like, it was unfair because a drummer wrote." I, I, the, a drummer wrote the drum parts. And if I didn't hear what I thought the drum parts should be, he goes, I went and re-recorded them. So all of, all the drum parts on this album are actually Dave and not William. On, uh, the, the color and the shape. Yes. On the gotcha. color and the shape. Interesting. And Dave was like, that was definitely not my best move. Yeah. He goes, cause it was a pretty passive aggressive way of basically kicking William out of the band. Yeah. Um, I think they've like reconciled to a That's certain good. extent. Um, but it was like, he goes, yeah, he goes, you know, I didn't hear what I wanted to hear. And the, kind of the way that the album was formed mm-hmm. was just very, very haphazard. Gotcha. If you will. Interesting. So, yeah. I kind of, I can kind of get that. Like it's a great album, but having listened to it all the way through a, only a couple times, you can kind of get that with some of the songs on the later part of the album. Yeah. Like there are songs like, do you really need the song on the, like this song on this album right now? Like yeah. this could probably be taken off. Eh, I don't know. I really like that. album. Well, like Adam, that. you are wrong. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we can keep moving through some yeah. songs. What, what else would you like to, Oh, quick, quick, Quick bit. Yes. Quick bit about this. I um, always love quick bits. Uh, this, I'm going to go into my recommendation section here. Uh-oh. Because I, if I don't remember this now, I'm not going to... I'm gonna, la, 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 forget, forget, forget. La, um, la, land, la, la, land. <laughs> there's this amazing clip of Harper Grohl singing with her dad, mm. Dave Grohl, on stage. It's absolutely freaking amazing. She's an amazing voice. She has an amazing voice. And she's like 14. I, I think. think maybe I've seen this before. Maybe you've sent it to me, and I've been like, Adam, recommending more YouTube <laughs> shit to me. Uh, <laughs> but I think the it's one of those experiences where I saw it. It's like filmed on a cell phone, and I was like, mm. eh. um, <laughs> What were you like? <laughs> it's like, uh, at least go into widescreen 
widescreen. Yeah, seri- God, God, dude. Yeah. They did a hor- vertical filming? I don't think they did, oh, but I, I'd have to check. Um, <sighs> but it's this... It's kind of this purity of Dave that uh, you see, because he's just like for the four minutes that Harper's singing and Dave's just like strumming along yeah. as the guitar accompaniment, he's just like beaming at her. It's just like that's awesome. proud dad the entire time. He doesn't give a shit yeah. you know, that you know he's there. He's just like, I want my kid to sing on stage if she wants to. That's of. awesome. So, yeah. Um, in kind of getting towards the end of the episode... Yeah. Um, could we play, cause one of the things that, um, kind of is one of my nitpicks with the Foo Fighters mm-hmm. I, and this is my true kind of ignorance about the band and not really having listened to their earlier albums in, in fullness. Do you think that the Foo Fighters have truly evolved as a band? I don't, mm. I'd say there are moments where they have branched out. I don't think that they have evolved. Okay. So if we could play maybe uh, Virginia Moon from In Your Honor, which is because In Your Honor was a double album with one side being electric and the other, I guess one album being electric and the other being acoustic and this Virginia Moon being an acoustic Mm -hmm. song on it. Um, this is the song that Adam heard when he was little and he was like, this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Foo Fighters have always, not always, but they've definitely done. Uh, so they had a whole acoustic album called Skin and Bones, mm. which was primarily acoustic versions of their rock songs. Gotcha. But this album was the first one that they really did that was ground up acoustic songs. Gotcha. And then they, they scattered them in through uh, a few of their other albums later on down yeah. the road. But And I mean... That's, again, kind of what has held me back from being like, yes, Foo Fighters is my favorite band, is Mm -hmm. that I don't like going from like Queens of the Stone Age and Metallica, you know, my two absolute favorite bands, you can clearly see an evolution of the sound. Sure. And while Foo Fighters has tried something new, maybe each album, I don't know if they truly break from their formula. Yeah, and I think it's uh I think that's almost purposeful. Gotcha. Um to me like like who we've mentioned this before but who is your comfort band? Your Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. So for me Foo Fighters is my comfort band. Gotcha. And what regardless to whatever album they produce, I know what I'm going to get, and I like that a lot because gotcha. I love the original sound. Interesting. Um, they're definitely a little bit less raw. Like Dave doesn't scream nearly as much, yeah. um, but they're they're true to their form. And once again, I think it's pe- they're popular enough where they know what works. Yeah, they know what works from a lyrical standpoint. They know what works from a musical standpoint, and they keep adding different vocals. And, yeah. Their touring band is like 40 people large. Right. And actually, if we can kind of start to wrap up and start yeah. talking about why I Heart Foo Fighters yeah. um, with their latest album. And I don't want to 
take the helm from nope. you, Adam. This no, is go, your episode. Go. Um, but let me take the helm from you with my dog paws. <laughs> um, <laughs> I throw, I threw Adam a rawhide bone and he's distracted for a little bit. Um, but with their album concrete and gold yes that came out in 2017 um also so we've talked about it a million times but Josh Homme and Dave Grohl are very good friends uh-huh. and Queens of the Stone Age and Foo Fighters were recording the uh Foo Fighters were recording concrete and gold and Queens of the Stone Age were recording villains yeah. during the same time. And I believe at certain points may have been recording like across the street from each other, like in New York. Uh-huh. So I think Josh Homme one time came into the Foo Fighters studio and was like, you guys are finally like kind of getting a little weird. And like, that's like what I want to hear is yeah. like, you're actually kind of being a little bit strange for Foo Fighters, which again, isn't that strange for some bands, but, um, was there a song that you would like to play from Concrete and Gold? Um, I you know a fan favorite from that is either Arrows or The Sky's Neighborhood. Let's do Sky's the Neighborhood. Because um, in talking about their touring band and when we saw them in Greensboro, Dave Grohl talked about how like they had like a full backing chorus yeah. in studio. And he was like, we couldn't afford all of them for the tour, so we have three of the chorus. <laughs> and so they were like on stage for the songs from Concrete and Gold yeah. singing. But let's listen to the song. And this is a song I didn't expect to like nearly as much live as I did. Really? Yep. So not knowing much of their kind of like earlier stuff, there's obviously some elements of their earlier stuff in this song. Yep. But is there a similar song to this in some of their earlier albums? I... Huh. Haha. <laughs> Stumped ya. I, I don't... Mm, I'd have to go back and... Look, I'd say there's at least um, like Beanie Weenie from the self-titled track. Um, uh, Walking After You from The Color and the Shape is similar. We can keep the song going. Um, And yeah, it's I think the sound is a lot fuller Mm -hmm. now and a lot more orchestral. Uh, Once again, it's because they've got like a, a Tons of money. Yeah. Ton, tons Be of supporting nice. supporting casts after yeah. this. Um, yeah. The, the, I can't quite speak to what may sound exactly similar to this later on, but I, <laughs> uh, but I do think that there is, I think this shows some of the evolution. Yeah. The cool thing about this album is that it was unexpected. So like hmm. when they dropped it, they basically pre-announced it like a month before it dropped. And they were like, uh, because before they were like, uh, yeah, we're taking a break guys. Right. Like we're, we're going on hiatus. Not yeah, really, yeah, you yeah. Know, we've all got our families and our pet projects. And then they're like, just kidding. <laughs> we've got a full Take album. <laughs> and everybody shat their pants. Pretty much. I mean, I think it was funny because <laughs> specifically Adam, you, you know that like the Foo Fighters, like all the guys are just like, <laughs> we're going to show them. Dave Grohl specifically was yes. like a little imp. He was yes. like, um, anything else you want to talk about with Foo Fighters? No, I, I'd say, uh, 
similar to our other music band podcasts, we'll have a link to the Spotify playlist yeah, totally. in the show notes. Um, I implore everyone to listen to oh, it <laughs> this very, very carefully. And if you don't, you can stop listening to us. I don't want your listens. <laughs> no, don't listen to Adam. <laughs> he's just a dog. Um, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The you know clearly to 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 outro this segment. Yeah, I'll listen to Everlong. Of course. So. Oh yeah. Um, can I say before we outro? Nope. Um, I really appreciate you talking foo to me um, because, again, like what this playlist did and us talking about the Foo Fighters, it made me want to go back and listen to um, There's Nothing Left to Lose, The Color and the mm-hmm. Shape, and really give them a fair shake. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to do that before we got to this episode, but I also wanted to get more concrete impressions about your playlist. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you did a very good job. Kind of, uh, And, you know, what we're going to be doing in season two is getting into subjects that both of us kind of aren't passionate about. Right. And talking with people. And that's kind of like what your what the end goal could be for ta- those subjects is like, do we want to discover more? Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, it sounds silly to like, do I want to discover more about the Foo Fighters? Because like. Clearly I, everyone does. Well, and obvious. And, but it's like, I know a lot about the Foo Fighters and their yeah. music, but it's, so it sounds kind of silly to be like, hey, I always like, it's like that stupid Pokemon that's the slow poke that it's like, hey, have you heard of this band? The Foo Fighters. <laughs> um, no, no I, I think you're, you're very right. And once again, uh, for our future episodes, we're really trying to craft the episodes to be more story driven, if you will. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is what I, I, I think out of all the subjects I've spoken about beforehand, I'm from a music standpoint, the Foo Fighters are easily number one in my book. And that's why I just, I feel so strongly about them. And I think that's what makes better internet radios. And we are so passionate (laughs) about what we talk about. Uh So So. (laughs) this will be our last episode (laughs) because we've run out of subjects to talk about. We have some amazing episodes planned. Yes, we do. Um, Can I tell my story about Everlong? Please do. All right. Sorry to keep taking over the uh, spaceship. (laughs) Um, so in the Foo Fighter, if you will. Oh shit! So in summer camp one year, sleepaway camp one time in summer camp <laughs> one time in summer camp, <laughs> I fucked a pie. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen those movies. Um, <laughs> so it was a sleepaway camp where I brought to impress all the ladies. I brought my acoustic guitar. Nice. And along with another, with two other friends, we had like a summer camp talent show towards the end of the two weeks that we were there. And uh, me and two of my friends, we played the acoustic version of Everlong. Nice. Uh, And we all sang it. It was me and two other people. We sang it. And during the part where they whisper, we just whispered. We're like, and everybody laughed uproariously. And we got so many panties thrown at us. <laughs> it was disturbing. <laughs> so, thank you. Let's and, play everyone. <laughs> that.
I don't know what it is about this song and what makes it so good. I don't know if it's like if it feels it's almost somber in a sense. Totally. But it yeah, oh boy, just this Adam every, is like every time weeping. <laughs> All right. We're Anyways. gonna take a five hour break. <laughs> uh well thank you, listeners. Um we know that when you first started listening to this episode, you said hello. I've been waiting here for you as Passion Fruits introed back into season two. Um, so how about we hop in? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, just a little bit teary, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm never like that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> let's hop into recommendations, yes. Adam. Um, last time I recommended last two, season, last year, last season, last five years ago. Um, I had two recommendations for you. One was to listen to the Desert Sessions album, Desert Sessions, that had just come out, Mm -hmm. volumes 11 and 12. Um, I forget what they're technically called, but it's like Arrivederci, Despair, Mm -hmm. and something else. Did you listen to it? I did not listen to it. You didn't? I'm sorry. I kind of forgot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> At, once we were done with season one, apparently Adam just shat out I, all the passion fruits info. I was like, oh, we I, do a podcast. I checked out. Apparent God, he's taking this vacation so seriously. <laughs> well, Adam, please listen to the Desert Sessions okay. album because I would like your opinion because it's very weird. And we talked about it in the Queens of the Stone Age episode, if you remember, back to two years ago. I know you have a little dog brain, so it's tough, but um, it's a weird album that I would like your opinion on because I know you don't like that very, that weird sound of Queens of the Stone Age. I know. Not that it's a Queens of the Stone Age album, but it has Josh Homme on it. I did save it in Spotify, so I meant to listen to it. We're halfway there. Oh, oh, to Adam listening to Desert Sessions. (laughs) <laughs> and then I also recommended you play the video game The Outer Worlds. I downloaded that as well. I did. Uh, I have. We're halfway. There. <laughs> I'm getting better than be like. Say what? <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, because you listen to every single one of my recommendations. <laughs> we'll skip over your recommendation <laughs> from last time. <laughs> what was my recommendation from last time? You Daniel? suggested we. I watch um, that Touchdown to Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> So you haven't played Hello. you haven't played the Outer Worlds. I have not. You've been playing a video game recently, which is going to be one of my two recommendations. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Adam, play Sorry. the Outer Worlds. It's an RPG that doesn't take two hundred hours to complete. Okay. It will take you if you don't get too distracted. It could take you twenty hours. Okay. So not that crazy. Okay. So it's nice. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I know it's hard to see what sex I am because I'm a dog and you can't see it right away. Unlike when I'm a human and we're naked. So you could see it very easily. Oh, brother. <laughs> but again, we're not in- so easily. If you know what I mean, <laughs> I would like to make a point. I was the one who brought up the dog joke that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new season, new dog jokes. Um, but again, we're in the year 2020 and we are asexual amorphous blobs and woke and dogs um <laughs> yes so adam <laughs> please do my recommendations yes from i will last season um last episode last season you recommended that i watch the football documentary touch downton abbey <laughs> 
Uh, and I couldn't find it, so <laughs> I couldn't really do it. No, we we keep meaning to watch Downton Abbey because I think it would be something that we would enjoy. Yes. Um, we being um, me and my wife. Um, but it, it's been, we've kind of needed some comfort food TV recently. That's what you say every time. But, and that's kind of how it goes. Like we no, were rewatching Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the 50th time, um, <laughs> which is just so amazing. Anyway. No, so, I, I, I understand and agree. So maybe over the break. Yeah. It's, um, what are you talking about? Uh, spring break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll definitely watch it and yeah. I will give my impression. And that's, so that's something with like TV shows like that with so much history. And like, if you say you're watching Downton Abbey, people immediately, uh, I'm like this way with Breaking Bad. Yes. People immediately like grab you and like, you, you're, you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it so much. Where are you at? Has the queen turned into a robot and destroyed Tokyo yet? Who told you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> looked at the AV club spoilers. <laughs> um, but it's almost like, not like a, oh, this is a task, but it's almost like that. Yeah. It's an undertaking yeah. that um, we haven't been ready for. Understandable. Thanks. So with that being said, uh, what do you have to recommend to me this week? Uh, can you go first so I can think of one? Sure. So Thank my you. recommendation to you this week is twofold. One is to watch that little video of Harper, Grohl, and Dave. And she's singing, uh, Harper is singing the Adele song, like when we, when you were young or when I was young or something when like that. When you were young, I couldn't <laughs> breathe for the first time. <laughs> I was suffocating. Wow. Hey, yeah. It's like Adele is he, you're in this recording studio. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes. Hello. <laughs> it's me, Adele. Let me smoke more cigarette in your face. <laughs> Daniel has the scariest look on his face. Right That's now. Adele. Oh, she's wow. mean. <laughs> she's this goblin looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding she's very beautiful um uh so that's my first recommendation okay <laughs> the second one is to play the game that i actually just finished the campaign for oh man uh sniper elite four okay and it's uh it's this for this third person shooter you're a sniper and you run around killing nazis and it's awesome the nice I thing won't. is like you, there is very 30 little- nazi scouts <laughs> <laughs> and i will have my scalps <laughs> Thanks, Brad Pitt. You're welcome. <laughs> Slash <Grazie. team> <laughs> Um No, it's it's not a complicated game. It's literally everything that I love about first person shooters when I'm just a sniper. Mm. And the you can pick between a bunch of different difficulty levels and I pick it usually use it on like the normal to like slightly easier. Gotcha. I just want to go and like shoot things. <laughs> I will let you know. Um, I have attempted to play, so you recommend Sniper Elite 4? Yeah. So I've attempted to play Sniper Elite 3. Oh, really? Um, it was a free game on the Xbox 360, um, and I tried to play it. So you may have a little bit of a hard time getting to like actually enjoy it, but... What did you not like about it? I, I don't, like, I don't know if maybe they've improved it from 3 to 4, but I didn't like the controls. Like, I know it's just there isn't that many controls, but it was just like moving around. And I know you don't do that much moving around in the game, eh, but you move around a fair bit. But like, I didn't like how it controlled. And I played it 
five years ago. So okay. I, it's not I, super fresh in my I, mind. I would but. give it a second chance. And it took me a whole, like a whole hour or so to kind of get used to like zooming and all of the things, but it becomes pretty intuitive by the end. And gotcha. once again, like there, there, there's no sequence that you have to do the, the tasks and gotcha. it's, it's obviously, it's just a really easy game to um, just drop into and start playing. Yeah. And you know, that's what I want. You know, it's actually a thing that uh, we were talking about with our friend Braxton. Yeah, it's like I don't like puzzle games. Like, I don't want to oh, yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, because he's playing um, Jedi Fallen Order a lot. Yeah, and that's actually right a reason. Now. Like, I don't necessarily like the Mario series because it's like I don't want to do a bunch of like, you know, jumping. You know, got to bounce off of this <laughs> and bounce off of that and do a double flip. Man, I would love to read your review about Mario games. <laughs> There's so much bouncing. <laughs> freaking platforms everywhere man what the hell <laughs> weird that they call it a platformer <laughs> um okay i will check it out is it on game pass it is on game pass so perfect for frizzle thank god um so adam we've done it a lot recently in recent episodes we've referenced recently in recent episodes yes um we've referenced podcasts that are much much more popular than ours for now yes but 2020 is the year of dog um but i'm going to refer or recommend a podcast to you that we talked about way back when in episode three mm-hmm. in our Dungeons and Dragons episode, the adventure zone has started a new season. Oh really? Yes. So it is called adventure zone graduation. Okay. And they are back to playing Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Good. And so the second season, so the first season of the adventure zone was this kind of like, crazy free-for-all Dungeons and Dragons for the first maybe six chapters. I'm trying to remember how many chapters they had. The first season. Yeah, the first yes. season. Yeah. And six, then it five or six. Yeah. And then it got like in the last few chapters, it got very serious and like it built into this amazing story that yeah. I really enjoyed and really loved. Um but one of my biggest issues with season two was that they tried to capture that amazing story from the get go and almost took themselves a little too seriously with the, did you listen to the second season at all? Yeah. I actually like, I enjoyed the Kepler universe. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot too. And, but it it wasn't, yeah, there were, there was a lot of prose Mm -hmm. and not as much like action. Right. And so that's kind of like, cause with the second season they changed games completely they weren't playing dungeons and dragons they were playing a different tabletop role-playing game that is much more suited for storytelling but with the first season it was almost like a comedy podcast with D &D. yes comedy first D D second yeah and then with the season two it was almost like storytelling first not so much comedy which is fine the story was very good i'm glad that season two is done but season three is definitely comedy first, D and D second. That's it good is to know. really good and really funny. So they've good. released two episodes so far, and it's really good. Because I think that's the thing I loved about the season one of the Adventure Zone, especially like the first three arcs, like three story arcs, is them learning how to play the game, totally. which is hilarious. Yeah, and two, like they all develop, all the characters develop their own personalities. And right. They were all ridiculous. Yeah, and that was what was, and in getting to season three of the Adventure Zone, they talk about how in season two, when they first started, 
they had like all this shit written down for their characters yeah. that was like these pages long for these backstories. It's like, whereas in season one, they kind of let the characters develop throughout the entire thing, <laughs> but they were trying to put the work in when they first started for season. So yeah. like season three, there's obviously some background to their characters, yeah. but they haven't basically written how their character arc should go. Well, it's, yeah, it's really like good. The McElroy brothers made their name by just being able to riff off, you know, riff and just do off the cuff jokes and stuff totally. like that. Yeah. I mean, the character Taco yeah. was literally just <laughs> like, Justin, Justin being like T A A K O. Justin having <laughs> no idea what he yeah. would do, so he just named it after <laughs> spicy Mexican yeah. food. Um, but yes, please listen to the um, uh, first couple of episodes of um, the the Adventure Zone graduation because yep. I think you'll enjoy it. I shall indeed. Yes, you shall. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for coming back to Passion Fruits Podcast Booyah. Season 2. Um, thank you. The deuce. <laughs> Adam's. <laughs> it's uh, late. It's getting close to be 9 o'clock. Adam's bedtime. So oh, Adam's sitting yeah. back in his desk chair, holding the microphone, <laughs> talking about deuces. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> he's such a badass. But yes, as I'm sure you all know, um, we are all over the social media. Yep. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Passion Fruits. <laughs> you got it right at the season finale for season one. Passion Fruits P2. Correct. Nice. Well, Passion then, Fruits P Foo. Um, no, Passion Fruits P2 or Passion Fruits Podcast on yep. Twitter. Facebook at Passion Fruits Podcast. Instagram at Passion Fruits Podcast. And you can, of course, email us at Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com. That's um, all I do at work is I monitor the email account. Why like, don't we have them? <laughs> Who keeps signing in from Internet Explorer <laughs> from Chrome? Um, yeah, Internet Explorer. Sorry, I mean Microsoft Edge. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, keep your eye out towards the skies for all the Foo Fighters Woo. and uh, for our more episodes for season two. We will see you in two weeks. Bye. <laughs>